0: What's really wrong is is what he did this. Because I do think Gossett in particular, News I think, big-a-line.
1: really could have been something. If he spent half as much time working on his act as he does fixating on
2: me, if he spent half as much time working on his act as he does ripping off jokes from Reddit, this guy could actually be something. I mean, you know, he, you know, he could have a real job in comedy. Uh,
0: okay, let's set a few things on the record. First of all, Jim Goss has been blasting the, uh, uh, Brian Joyce for a year. I mean, no question. And the reason is obvious. Uh, first of all, I don't censor the newsmaker line, and he has been personally offended by the fact that Brian Joyce is a phony. He's a fake and a phony and a liar. I'm a and I lost my
2: leg. the top sales, I lost
0: my leg. Brian Joyce is a phony and a liar. He's a cop hater. He's a Trump hater. And he has a show in Chattanooga for two hours before he does a show by phone here from Chattanooga. I don't even know him for... I've only met him once in my life. I don't know the guy. I have no idea what he's like. But he's a terrible radio broadcaster because he's a phony. Nobody knows who Brian Joyce is because he's keeping some secrets. Which means the ratings are gonna suck. And guess what? The ratings suck. He loses 80% of our audience. And frankly, I'm taking it personally. We started this talk show. No one did a talk show at this radio station... So we came in here we care about our product we want to be inclusive we want to expand we want to be better even better than we're doing right now which is by the way unfreaking heard of against wsb and royce limbaugh and then we get this guy be yourself come out come out of the political closet or any other and be the real self that you are and if they if they like you great if they don't what the hell it's your it's professionalism act like a freaking man a little freaking girl, oh, I don't want to lose my audience again. Well, maybe you deserve to lose your audience because you don't have any talent. If he was funny, that's one thing. But he's not funny. I mean, you, anybody ever tune in and say, boy, I can't wait to see what Brian Joyce is going to say today. <laughs> Former stand-up comedian. <laughs> <laughs> what the
2: hell is that? What would you say you do here? weekly dose very hard to say my name correctly feeling like brian
3: yeah <laughs> brian yeah.
1: Brian stone is amazingly intelligent and popular just ask him
3: mic drop turn off the podcast
2: your midweek download destination
1: oh my god are you kidding me i'm dumb
2: yes my name is brian
4: it's stones weekly dose
1: Note to self, don't die. Welcome in, everybody, to the Stone On Air podcast. The most listened to, the most downloaded, the most easily accessible podcast in the city of Chattanooga. Voice is almost completely back. I've been struggling with that for the last couple of days. At Stone On Air on all social media is how you can get a hold of me. Show's a little different this week. I'll get to that here in just a minute. Appreciate you guys finding the show however it is that you do so. Uh, This show is about five, six days later than I would like it to be, and in some ways that might be better because uh, I don't know. I'm not sure what I would have said when I was uh, and and angry wasn't the right word or appalled wasn't the right word, but um, I don't know. It's you know, it's kind of dust has settled a little bit and. And I've changed my tune just a little bit, but uh, courtesy uh, the, the audio on the front end of the show from WYAY News Radio 1067 out of Atlanta. That's the uh, Kimmer Show. And uh, Brian Joyce, our uh, resident afternoon two hour talk show host here at WGOW. Does a uh, does a three-hour show after that in Atlanta, what it was about a year ago, and I don't mean to marginalize it because it is still a pretty big deal to be on in the, what is it, the eighth biggest market in the country. Uh, I would like to have that gig, so... But it was the the reason that, that uh, Cumulus as a Cumulus owned station as well went that direction as they laid off an entire afternoon staff and uh, threw a couple bucks to the guy up in Chattanooga and um, and piped his voice in. I don't know if it's going well based on that interaction. Maybe not. But so he's not only pissing people off every time he gets an opportunity in Chattanooga, Tennessee, clearly he's doing it in Atlanta as well. And uh, so that's the Kimmer show is what that audio is from. Uh, I am familiar with the Kimmer show, the gossip dude that he was talking about, I guess is his sidekick. And he is a a comedian, apparently Um, uh, just about everybody walking around town uh, in the Southeast calling themselves comedians these days. So um, so that was kind of their back and forth. Of course, Brian Joyce, he says he's a comedian also, even though there's really no evidence of that. And uh, that whole rant was really very accurate from Kimmer. Um, I was talking with some local professionals recently, industry professionals. Did we think that that was a work? Was there a chance? Was there a possibility that that back and forth in Atlanta uh, is a work and that they were meaning it was maybe not staged, but it's being done uh, hyperbolic to uh, to to gain reaction? And my answer to that question, my opinion of it was, I don't think that Brian Joyce is clever enough to be able to put together any kind of orchestrated real work. I do think Brian's a very, uh, I'll say, highly intelligent person. He's certainly highly educated, well-traveled. Uh, he is a globetrotter. His, his travel is, is, uh, is pretty vast uh, amongst uh, internationally and nationally. So, he is a smart guy, but I don't think that he's necessarily clever enough to be able to orchestrate something like that. And um, I don't know; could be wrong, but sounds sounds pretty uh, pretty close to real to me. And he, and the more reason I also think that that was probably that's that's real anger back and forth between the two is because he's done this with everybody in this town. He's gone after other people on the radio station that we, when I used to work there with him, and did the same kind of thing. And it wasn't very inter- interesting or entertaining then. And uh, I don't know. You'll have to ask Atlanta listeners what they think. But let's let's back up. Let's rewind here and start over. One thing that I figured out, really, probably not all that long ago, when I really you start to you know you get older and you start to to put things in perspective of of the level of of importance. Um, growing up for all you know, my years. I'm 37 now, 37 and a half, really. And uh, I always wanted to be an artist. I wanted to create something. I wanted to I mean, play music. I I used to try to dabble with art and try to make uh, different kinds of pieces of art. The problem was I wasn't really good at any of it. I was only good enough to to kind of hang around with the competition, but I, I wasn't doing much that was really sticking out. As I you know tried different. Projects over my life I got. I, I looked into um, graphic design When I was in my early 20s And I just I just wasn't good enough at it But I knew that I wanted to do something Even if it was just as a hobby That w- was a creative outlet I mean, I, I just I thirst for that And when I started doing radio I realized that it was more than just You know, talking between some songs That this is a really complicated uh, Medium to get into The spoken word Talk radio format it's uh, it's very difficult. It's very layered. It's very uh, calculated. And um, and as I worked on it more and more over the years, I feel like I got pretty good at it uh, over a decade and a half. And that was where I finally realized, hey, I can actually do something. This is what I've been trying to do all my life. I can actually do something that people appreciate and enjoy that the average person walking around can't do. I guess that was kind of the, you know when when you want to play in a band or you're showcasing your art, you're you get. I feel like you get some satisfaction out of knowing that this is unique. This is not something you can get anywhere else. And I think there's value to that. Some people make a living doing it. Some people make a supplemental income doing it. Some people do it for free. But what I really realized in the last, I'll just say, half decade or so, at least, at least this whole entire decade of the teens of the 21st century, is one thing. It's really not that important. It's really not that big a deal. It's pretty cool. Most people can't do it. But on the importance level, it's not very high. And some people have trouble with that concept. They think that because this position of having a voice that people listen to that will often get you into exclusive access, get you lots of um, behind-the-scenes access. It will often get you free admission to things. That's all kind of the perks. A lot of us that don't get paid much doing this, we value it some because of all the cool access and cool things you get to do. It's still not very important. But it does it can let your head grow and let you think that you're becoming a much more important person than you actually are. And so some people have trouble dealing with that. You know, narcissism is in all walks of life. Inflated egos are not just unique to the to the broadcasting world or the entertainment field. You can get it in any in any industry. But Brian Joyce and his value of himself, which I actually believe is uh, a tortured soul underneath, I really do. and in, in some ways, I echo what a lot of other people have said on Twitter and stuff, which I'll get to all that in a minute, the, the, how this all happened. I kind of feel sorry for the guy a little bit. Things are not nearly as good as he would let lead you to believe. And, I mean, I think the the nickname that I kind of you know throw around, I don't do as much as he's, he's the fraud monster, he continues to fit right into that mold of, of a lot of their programming and their approach. He's fake. You know, he's not real. He, he, he portrays something that's not accurate. And um, he he again, he's an intelligent guy, well-traveled, well educated, but um, he's a fake, and he hasn't. I, I, there's no evidence of him being any kind of real comedian. Yeah, he's told some jokes in front of people. Probably, he has no real radio career before he came here to Chattanooga. He worked on some uh, uh, non-commercial. He did some fill-in and some and some appearances on non-commercial radio stations like WTC or like the old WAWL. I mean, if you try hard enough, almost anybody can do that, but he just, he decorates himself as this long traveled, highly prominent, diverse and celebrated career. He just really hasn't accomplished all that much. It's it's quite remarkable. It, it's quite remarkable. And and you know, if that's what he wants to do and it works for 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 his brand and, and he's you know making a living and doing his thing, good for him. But let's start where all this 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 came from about a week ago. This is the uh this weekly dose for December 20th, 2017. And people think that there's there's this big feud between me and him. And there's really not any feud because I haven't had any interactions with Brian. Me and him have not had any social media interactions and really with all this happening, it kind of, if nothing else comes out of it, it's kind of interesting to now finally know. I didn't know if we were friends or not. (laughs) Clearly we're not. Clearly we're not friends at all. We had a relationship when we worked together where we had a lot of interaction. I was on his show. He was on with me before. Um, I, we, we did a promotion at the lookouts with the, with the first pitch thing. So, I mean, it's not like I don't know the guy, but it always was this feeling like, I don't really think this guy likes me. I don't think he likes me, and I bet he might have thought the same thing about me. But I've never had an interaction with him that had any kind of negativeness to it all. And so, a week ago, I'm sitting around uh, on Twitter, screwing around on Twitter all the time. That's what I do. I love Twitter. I, I, I nonstop every day. I've got like fourteen thousand tweets. And he gets into this back and forth with a news producer, uh, Aaron Fox Five Atlanta. And it, it, he's just, these are just some brief mentions of the Twitter. It's uh, the, the interaction. You think News Radio 1067 notices when everyone closes out their online players at three o'clock every day? That's measurable. The Brian, the Brian Joyce is insufferable, completely insufferable. Uh, and then, it, and then he goes back and says, Oh, hey, well, if you don't care, why are you tweeting at me? Typical stuff, right? Um, just wanted you to know how insufferable your show is. So, mission accomplished. And I, I read this whole interaction and I thought, that's kind of, it's not necessarily funny, but it was, you know, semi-entertaining. So I went to the initial tweet from the guy from Fox 5 to Brian Joyce, and I retweeted it. And if you don't know how Twitter works, it's simply just retweet. It just shows up whatever that person tweeted. You just, it now shows up in your feed. And the feed moves so fast, it's not it's not there for long. I mean, it moves down, and it gets piled on, and it's gone. Most people probably didn't even see it. But if you wanted to read that whole interaction, you could. That was it. No mentions of anything. No at-tweeting at at anybody. A simple retweet. Move along. Next thing I know, my feed is for Twitter, anyway, purposes, blown up. And Joyce is tweeting at me. Let's see, what did he say exactly the first time? Okay, so the first tweet says, Jealous much at Stone On Air? No wonder we fired you a long time ago. Once a loser, always a loser. How's your second parentheses third going at the time. I didn't know exactly what that meant. I guess he was talking about my other job or something. And I did not respond to that. I just retweeted it and then put it on Facebook and thought, what the hell is up with this guy? And I jumped into this real quick. I forgot to say, I'm going to do my Christmas special here at the end. I'll tell you more about that here in a few. So I'm going to do this segment and then I'm going to do the final segment, which is my screwing around, mailed it in uh, Christmas special, playing around with the audio vault. So I apologize for not bringing that up right off the top. I've done this show this podcast specifically right now in my head about 15 times since last Thursday and so I'm a, I'm just kind of I'm kind of scattered as I always apologize for being scattered it just kind of guess is my nature at these at this point. So then I put it on Facebook and it gets quite a bit of reaction because it's petty and juvenile and stupid. And you don't normally see that kind of stuff out of uh, out of an adult. So at this point now, just realize I have not provoked him in any manner other than just a straight up retweet. Which retweets happen all the time. Often people put in their bios. Retweets do do not necessarily equal endorsements. I mean, it's 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 pretty standard stuff for 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 Twitter. So in the Facebook thread that ends up being very very long. Here's what he posts. You've probably already seen it. I wish I had a podcast that nobody listens to and a second job stocking beer shelves. Unfortunately for me, I only have two jobs on commercial radio, national television appearances, and fly around the world doing speaking engagements. Oh, well, one of these days, Stone will learn we already have a Robert T. Nash in Chattanooga. This city's not big enough for two losers who can't find a real job. Now, I think this stuff is funny. I think it's insulting to the average person walking around who has a real job who might listen to him or to that radio station. I think the radio station Talk Radio 102.3 should be embarrassed beyond belief. By the way, that Brian Joyce is acting, but I don't care. I don't care. I got hit up by several people, uh very kind friends of mine and, and a couple industry industry uh people types and one of them in particular was like, "Man, I am sorry you have to you're having to put up with this stuff, man. You're, you know, you're talented, you're good." Like, "Dude, I'm not fishing." for a reassurance or, um, or or compliments here. I, th- I think this is this is funny. And the more this goes on, the more exposure it is for me. I haven't done anything. So I, I don't feel bad about this at all. But I, I, I do think it's very, very insulting to the average person walking around who doesn't really understand this industry and how all this works and does have real jobs like stocking beer shelves or any other kind of a blue-collar kind of job that he just blasts because I don't know why Because he's just playing an asshole I guess And uh, I think you, sh- you should be offended As a listener of that radio station It should offend you And I think management over there Are spineless cowards And it goes right along with The fraudulent nature of most of their programming So after that came out Now people are really like What is up with this Asshole. So it creates this whole new wave of of interest on social media. Again, I'm I'm totally cool with all this. I wish he would keep tweeting at me. The only reason he stopped que- tweeting at me is because I believe management told him that he had to stop. I, maybe I'm wrong on that. I'm not sure. Uh, but so several several responses, and two in particular from very uh, high quality, held in very high high regard, local um, known. Names in this city, one from Jason Walker, my now new cohort worker over Hits 96, and Craig Joel, one of the most respected police officers in this city. I will start with excerpts, just portions, I'm not going to read all of it, of Jason Walker's blog post later that day after the beer shelf stocking comments. This is December 14 2017. I have worked in the broadcast industry full time with no break since August of 1989. During this time, I've encountered hundreds of different personalities, and one thing we all have in common is a bit of an ego that we express in different ways. One thing I have tried to accomplish is having general respect for everyone who works in the industry, competitive or not. We're all working our various tasks for our individual companies for a common, understood goal. I cannot respect, not for one second, a statement made by Brian Joyce of WGOW. He works for the local station here and one in Atlanta. Apparently, he feels this is pretty extraordinary. Sometimes he shows up on Fox News and then he reads the tweet about, uh, unfortunately, I, I, I work two jobs in radio, national appearances, fly around the world. I uh, wish I had a podcast and nobody listens to and stock beer shelves. That kind of that 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 tweet. Well, that is an interesting revelation that someone's tortured soul is wrapped in a very thin skin. Who says this mess? I mean, among adults, how embarrassing for all of us. For those people stocking shelves, making deliveries, and performing tasks, which is below your two radio jobs in commercial radio, these are actual people. I call them potential listeners. I also call them potential friends. I guess both of us are beneath you, your excellency. And then the final, at the very end, WGOW's legendary respectable call letters are just a bit tarnished by your unfortunate self-opinion, I say that as a listener, a member of this community, a broadcaster, and an admirer of virtually everyone who walks the hallways with you. We're all over here having a beer, all us losers who are beneath you. That's from Jason Walker. When you start getting people on your side like that and Craig Joel, it, it really reinforces that, that you're, you're the good guy in this situation, and that is clearly the bad guy. If this was just two assholes yelling at each other on Twitter, cussing each other back and forth you know who cares about that immature juvenile nonsense remember i have yet to engage with this man in 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 any of this this is there has been no back and forth he's just decided to attack me and my friends and anybody who and and, and colleagues that that have had any kind of interaction with him he just starts attacking with emojis and lols and all kinds of juvenile behavior it is absolutely uh, stunning it was shortly uh, after that that I posted a, a long-winded tweet that he puts out, calling one of my best friends a loser, who is one of the most successful people I know. The tweet, the Facebook post was, "Dude just refuses to stop." Josh Hatcher is a definition of a Chadwick success story. That's my best friend, one of my best friends. I'm the son of a medical. I'm a son of medical professionals, so clearly I'm a failure. Sidebar here. For some reason, he started going down in other tweets that I'm a. How could a son of a doctor, who I I am again, parents in the medical profession, they're not. Brain surgeons, but I guess because my dad's a doctor, he thinks I should be doing something more productive than working in the beer business. I don't know. Back to this uh, tweet that I or a Facebook post that I put out there. Bill B. Lockhart and Kevin West are esteemed members of the local media, and your legacies are on the line. Put a stop to this. Don't be cowards. Shortly after that, and a couple of tweets between with Bill and Kevin, they've now blocked and f- me on all social media and unfollowed. Kevin came on and did nothing but basically call me a 12-year-old boy uh, fighting like a child. (laughs) I haven't done anything, you dipshits. I haven't done anything. I'm just sitting back and letting everybody do it for me. Fools, man, fools. And so the last piece I'll get to here is I slowly start to wind up this segment. The one segment I'm going to do on this, and unless he starts blowing me up and berating people I know and continuing to be a nuisance on social media, which I don't believe that he will because I I, I believe management won't let him unless he does that. I'm done with this and i am done with Brian Joyce and I'm done uh, caring about somebody I already didn't care about to begin with. This is from Craig Joel. I had a healthy discussion with Kevin West after Brian Joyce did his best to make me the bad guy a few Thursdays ago. And knowing Kevin will be reading this, I'm still comfortable saying that I declined to join them on the morning show because I couldn't participate in any form with a station's call letters that would only castigate me six hours later without any recourse or even justification for that matter. I say that because I believe it placed your point. Pineville Road is burning bridges apparently willfully now, indeed tarnishing a few decades of very good will and hard work of actual classy people. For those of you who don't know, Pineville Road is where Talk Radio 102.3 is located in Chattanooga. He utilizes the royal we as if he had any part in managerial decision making. And his resume consists of jobs he no longer has. Transient people have the same resume as Brian Joyce. The man is a teat. I believe he applies makeup. He lists things he can only do short term as resume builders. He's ranked seventh in one market despite having no competition in his field and works for a station in Atlanta that managed to lose money during the largest growth period it could have had in 10 years, both stations being owned by a corporation declaring bankruptcy. And this is all capped off by the fact that he is incapable of a different opinion while being consistently cruel to people, listeners, coworkers, blue collar folks. Cumulus customers, and that's that's about the gist of that. Why do I, why am I going back all over this? Because I don't believe everybody is going to sit there and comb through the entire Twitter landscape and Facebook landscape to read all that stuff. But when you got a guy like Craig piping in on that, and you got a guy like Jason, and and have actual like professional approaches to things, it just shows how just how petty this loser is over there. So back to the social media back and forth. There was one time that I I tweeted at Brian Joyce and a lot of you are going to think this is probably no big deal, but he didn't respond to it, so there was no interaction. I retweeted something that he tweeted and then put a comment on it. I said this from a guy who bought Twitter followers. He's got five-some-odd thousand Twitter followers. Back in 2012 or 13, he didn't even have Twitter and then decided to get on Twitter, and the next day had five grand. And I overheard uh, him and Bill Lockhart talking about how they both bought Twitter. Twitter followers now again you might not think that's any big deal but to me that's just a microcosm of the fraudulent nature of these people and these and this radio station and the things that they do so I know that just bitter guy is going to be like oh there's asshole Brian just being mad again talk no I didn't start any of this I didn't start any of this I got a good radio gig. I got a good uh, day job. Yeah, it's in the beer business. I, I, it doesn't matter what I do on a daily basis. It's not important. But it's it's a quality place to work. And 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 for some reason, that's fodder for Brian Joyce to make fun of people and then go after uh, other friends of mine. Um, and here's here's another kicker that he he started to then play the oh I don't know who you are card, which is really one of the most tired cliche things. That anybody can do. I mean, this guy's guy this guy's not very clever, very intelligent, but not very clever and no uniqueness to him at all. He calls what he does a new brand of media, and that couldn't be any more laughable. Nothing he does has any uniqueness to it whatsoever. It's it's boring and as bland of an approach of a show that you could possibly do. No new media, just a he just flips his radio shows, his podcast. He doesn't have uh, any kind of strong online presence other than than his Facebook page. The guy doesn't do anything different than any other boring blowhard radio host. But he started playing the "Oh, I don't know who you are" thing. Oh, I didn't know who Jason Walker was till he. Uh, I'm all this is paraphrase. I don't know who Jason Walker is till he started writing blogs on me. He did it to Brad Steiner. I didn't know you until you came up to me at a party. He did it to Penny over at Hits ninety six. And here's what I say to that: There's two there's two approaches to this. Either he's lying, he knows exactly who he is, and he's using that old tired cliche of uh, "oh, uh, <clears throat> who are you again? Oh yeah, who? Yeah, who is that? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sh- I don't know. who You're talking about? Eh, never heard of him. You know that kind of thing. It's lots of people use it. It's very tired. It's very boring. Um, but I don't actually necessarily. I don't know what it is. I don't know that he's lying and using it as a as a as a cliche or if he or a cliched uh, uh, approach to condescension, or if he truly doesn't know who anybody is in the industry that he works. And then if that's true, he doesn't know the local industry types that are technically his competition that have plenty of radio hours kicking his ass every single day, and you don't know who those people are, and you don't try to formulate how you're gonna approach trying to 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 get more listeners than your competition? Then something's truly matter with you. Whether it's just narcissism or not, I'm you know it, it might just be that. But let's use the beer business as a, as a, an example. How about that? Let's use the beer business. Let's say you're a merchandiser and you do the dreaded shelf stocking at the uh, you know at let's say you got a grocery route and you go to uh, not Bilo but Food City and Walmart and you're and you're stocking shelves and you're doing back stock and, you, and all that. And someone comes up to you and says, and you've been doing this for a while. Let's just say for several years. And somebody asks you, "What about the the Budweiser? I'm a Miller Coors uh, uh, employee. What about the, so Budweiser? Their merchandiser over there in your area in Hickson? Let's see what what's his name? Oh uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. Never heard of him. Well, he said that you messed up your uh, your your shelving the other day, and um and and that caused some problems with the management. We might lose shelf space. Oh well, uh, never heard of him. Who is it again? Wait, he works where? What's his name? Do you see, you see my point? How just utterly ridiculous and stupid is that? So I don't know if he's just doing a cliched, condescending uh, approach to uh, trying to, to belittle people or if he's just really so self-absorbed and so far removed from anything in a regular person's reality that he actually doesn't even know who works for 100,000 watt stations right across on the other side of the goddamn river. Seriously, this guy's a fool. He's a joke. Uh, another thing i was doing adam uh that the only thing i would do that where i was being antagonistic a lot of people didn't get this uh this is a 41 42 year old man who can't just stop taking pictures of himself uh so he's a selfie king and he's a trust fund kid i don't have confirmation on that but i do believe he has an endless bank account and he says folks all the time listen here folks folks let me tell you folks so I was doing hashtag selfie, hashtag folks, hashtag trust fund. So not many people got what that was, but uh, uh, he did. He certainly did. And a lot of people have asked me, why do you think he still has a job? Like if, if, if he's, you know, he's having, he's being antagonistic. He's causing trouble. He's really not all that good. And the question, the answer to that question is because he doesn't get paid anything. He doesn't make any money. He's got it. He's a trust fund kid. He gets paid I mean, I I bet he doesn't make more money than I do, and it doesn't matter. This isn't about how much money you make, but he doesn't get paid a whole lot, and it's very difficult to fill this position because most people can't work for for what this position pays. I won't put out there what I speculate it to be, but just put it in an average, uh, middle to lower level amount of money. It, it's a, just enough to live on, but not much, not much more, not to go to you know to globe all over the world. And I know just bitter guys going to say, oh, you're just making that up. How, how do we know that? Guys, it's, it's formerly Citadel, now Cumulus Communications. I worked there for nearly a decade and a half. They pay poverty-level wages. I know how much money most of the people in that company make, and it ain't much. And dude works two hours a day. And so, I don't know, maybe the Atlanta gig is making him rich. I wouldn't think so. Also, dude, has an agent. It's how it gets all these little go on some crappy low-rated Fox afternoon cable news show and talk about why you think Trump sucks. Also a non-paying gig. So what does an agent get? 7% or something like that of an already small salary? So that's why mainly he keeps his job. But whatever I mean, This whole situation is embarrassing The management of this radio station And this uh, radio cluster Is an embarrassment for the last year and a half Of how they've handled multiple things And certainly this is one of them And it is a damn shame Because just as Bill Lockhart said a couple of years ago When Jerry Harvey was destroying Our 9 o'clock hour In reference to the awfulness of that show This is shameful to this once Great radio station Bill you know you said it and you were correct. All right, that's all. I'm now. I'm finally done. Uh, scattered and rambling. I know. I'm sorry. Um, the Christmas special extravaganza from the Audio Vault. I'll be jumping around from different movies and television shows in the Christmas time spirit. And just having a little fun. You know, I like chopping up audio and playing audio, so I'm gonna do that next. And then the final show of the year will be on the 27th, and that'll be a best of so I won't have like a live to tape recording until the first Wednesday of January. So hang tight, I'll be right back, and the Christmas extravaganza special on the Stone on Air weekly dose for December 20th, 2017 is coming up next.
0: Go
2: ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. it's on
4: air.com. Paper, Frank? Oh, who's
2: that? She's pretty. She's
4: <laughs> dead, Frank. Apparently, this 80 year old grandmother was watching your Scrooge promo last night and she just keeled over. It scared her to death. This is terrific!
2: I knew that, Edward! You can't buy publicity like this! Where do you think you're going? Nobody's leaving. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. No, no! We're all in this together. This is a full-blown, four-alarm holiday emergency here. We're gonna press on, and we're gonna have the hap-hap-happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap danced with Danny fucking K. And when Santa squeezes his fat white ass down that chimney night, he's gonna find the jolliest bunch of assholes this side of the nuthouse.
4: You're goofy. Don't piss me off,
2: Art. Clark? It's over. Not according to Santa's watch, it isn't. Now, come on, son. Stay out of this, Dad.
3: Clark, I think
2: it's best if everyone just goes home before things get worse. Worse? How could they get any worse? Take a look around you, Ellen. We're at the threshold of hell. No silver bells or mistletoe. We'll kiss and watch
1: our tears. Welcome back into the show. This is Sufjan Stevens.
2: I'll sing to you.
1: Christmas in the room
2: i dance with you I'll dance with you in the room.
1: Absolutely my favorite Christmas song One of my Favorite songs I've discovered In the last nearly decade The song is not even really About Christmas all that much It's just about being with somebody You absolutely adore it Doesn't have to be at Christmas the fire Listen to it for just a minute
2: It's a weekly
1: dose for the 20th of December it's Happy holidays to you day. Coming up I'm going to play a bunch of different clips For no particular reason other than I just want to I think you'll enjoy some of it, or I wouldn't have done it if I didn't think you'd at least kind of enjoy it. As always, I appreciate you guys finding the show. It means a lot to me. So we'll visit the, uh, probably, the, I would say, amongst people of a certain age, the most I don't know if the best or the funniest, or I don't know whether you'd rank them. It just depends on who you ask, but Christmas Vacation seems to be everybody's go-to. I have gotten a little tired of it over the years, um, but I've, I i say that, and I've, I'm going to be using upwards of three clips from the show, um, but I have come to like over the last several years, uh, and I've seen it for most of my life, but I just went so long without seeing it. Probably about five years ago, I just caught it again for the first time and realized... Man, I love this movie, and it was at Bill Murray's peak of his uh, of his acting career. You know, again, depends on who you ask on that one too. But uh, 1988 Scrooged, 1988 Scrooge is so damn funny, um, and I, I haven't seen it yet this year. I'll play a clip from that for a minute. But just to start things off with the classic Chevy Chase, everybody knows this one.
4: Clark, what's wrong,
3: honey? <laughs> It's bigger than you expected? (laughs) (laughs) Smaller?
2: (laughs) What is it? It's a a one-year membership in the Jelly of the Month Club. (sighs) Oh, God.
0: Clark, that's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year. (laughs) That it is, Edward. That it is, indeed. This isn't the biggest bag over the head, punch in the face I ever got. God damn it! Son.
2: Sucking dog, kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat ass, bug eyed, stiff legged, spotty lip, worm headed sack of monkey shit. He is. Hallelujah. Holy shit. Where's the Tylenol? Do <laughs>
1: uh, I, I, you think that Christmas Vacation would still be a uh, not rated R at this point if it was released these days? It's because kind of, it kind of you can, go, you can look at it both ways. These days, we're so desensitized to violence and nudity and um, and and bad language, but still, you don't you don't hear as many f bombs and s bombs that are in that movie uh, in movies that are less than rated R these days. I don't know. Just kind of a uh, thinking out loud. That's one of the more classic parts of the movie, but one of my favorites parts of the movie is early on. Mark, mm.
2: Clark. Are you the one who was working on that non-nutritive cereal varnish? Yes, sir. I've got to give a speech to a trade group. I'd like to mention it. Write up a brief summary and have it to me by the end of the day. My pleasure. Layman's terms, none of that inside bullshit jargon that nobody understands. Yes, sir. Oh, Mr. Shirley. Uh, we got your Christmas card the other day, and my family and I are very flattered that you remembered us. Don't forget
4: that report, Bill. Yes, sir. Thank you. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, kiss my ass, kiss his ass, kiss your ass, happy Hanukkah.
1: Hey, when I was a kid, I thought that was so damn funny. Kiss your ass, kiss his ass, kiss my ass. And seriously, we always watch this show, this movie, it appears, or it seems to me in my world, and it's very likely in yours too, that we see it on cable TV so often and all this stuff is edited out, they cuss like crazy, in that movie, and uh, I love it. Speaking of cussing like crazy, so when I'm trying to figure out different clips, I'm going to dig off of YouTube and all that. Of course, I'm going to go to the regular South Park, and but I decided to go all the way back to what I believe is the very first South Park production ever. I might be wrong on that, but it is, at least in the very infancy of the show before it was on Comedy Central I, it's, I can't remember what it's called I don't have the notes in front of me But it's Santa and Jesus Which they've they've replayed and done in different variations Throughout the show over the years But this is the very first Or at least one of the initial South Park productions So as you can tell The, the audio is incredibly different than it sounds now This is a couple of minutes long And like I said, speaking of cuss words I meant to trim this front part off I forgot, sorry
3: Jewish, Kyle? Yeah, I think so. Dude, Jewish people don't celebrate Christmas. What? You're supposed to sing Hanukkah songs. Dreidel, 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 I made you out of clay. Dreidel, dreidel, dreidel. <laughs> That's a stupid song. <laughs> yeah, Hanukkah sucks. Don't you oppress me, fat boy. Don't call me fat, motherfucker. Then don't belittle my people, you fucking fatter. Ah, damn it, don't call me fat, you butt son of a bitch. What
2: the? Behold my glory.
3: What are you doing in Sock Park, Jesus?
2: I come seeking retribution.
3: (gasps) He's come to kill you because you're Jewish, Kyle. Oh, fuck. I'm sorry, Jesus. Don't kill
2: me. Nay, fear not. I love all my children. Whew. Tomorrow is my birthday, yet all is not right.
3: Your birthday is on Christmas? That sucks, dude.
2: I must find a place called The Mall.
3: Well, we can take you to The Mall, Jesus. Yeah, it's over this way. Damn it, you stepped on my foot, you pig fucker! Dude, don't say pig fucker in front of Jesus! <laughs> Here uh. we are, Jesus! South Park Mall! Who are you looking for?
2: Him! Ho, oh, oh, ho, oh. ho! We meet again, Jesus. You have blemished the meaning of Christmas for the last time, Kringle. I bring happiness and love to children all over the world. Christmas is for celebrating my birth. Christmas is for giving. (gasps) I'm here to put an end to your blasphemy. This time we finish it. (gasps) There can be only one.
3: Dude, this is pretty fucked up right here.
2: Ah!
1: Go and so, over the course of the of the last twenty years, they have reoccurring Christmas specials that have Santa and Jesus going back and forth from being friends and foes, and it's all in good fun. I guess depends on who you ask. Many years ago, I my brother lived with me, and he watched The Big Bang Theory all the time. And I was like, you are the biggest loser. This is the dumbest show. What's the matter with you? Well, of course, I said that before I knew what I was talking about. Sat down and finally watched the show one day and realized it's actually uh, pretty darn good. This is Sheldon talking
4: about why they don't have a Christmas tree.
3: Hey, Sheldon, are you and Leonard putting up a Christmas tree?
4: No, because we don't celebrate the ancient pagan festival of Saturnalia. (laughs) Saturnalia? Gather round, kids. It's time for Sheldon's beloved Christmas special. In the pre-Christian era, as the winter solstice approached and the plants died, pagans brought evergreen boughs into their homes as an act of sympathetic magic intended to guard the life essences of the plants until spring. Uh, This custom was later appropriated by northern Europeans and eventually it becomes the so-called Christmas tree.
3: Okay, well thank you for that, but I got you and Leonard a few silly neighbor gifts, so I'll just put them under my tree.
4: Wait, you bought me a present? Uh Uh-huh. Why would you do such a thing? (laughs) because it's Christmas? Oh, Penny, I know you think you're being generous, but the foundation of gift-giving is reciprocity. You haven't given me a gift. You've given me an obligation.
3: Uh, honey, it's okay. You don't have to give me anything in return.
4: Of course I do. The essence of the custom is that I now have to go out and purchase for you a gift of commensurate value and representing the same perceived level of friendship as that represented by the gift you've given me. It's <laughs> no wonder suicide rates skyrocket this time of year.
1: And it's going to be a reoccurring theme with gifts here uh, off and on as we go through this, and I'll give my thoughts more on that here in a minute. Uh, We'll go to, uh, why am I freaking blanking on dude's name? Uh, Jim Carroll's or John, what the hell's his name? Dude from The Office.
3: Presents are the best way to show someone how much you care. It is like this tangible thing that you can point to and say, hey man, I love you this many dollars worth.
4: First present, Oscar. Shower radio, neat.
3: Oh great, that was for me.
4: Thanks Kelly, you know I was gonna get one of these. Okay, okay, that's enough. Let's keep it moving on. All right, next. Brian. Whoa,
0: video iPod. Oh Wow, geez, somebody
3: really got carried away with the spirit of Christmas. That was me. I got carried away with the spirit. Wasn't there a $20 limit on the gift? This is 400 bucks. You don't know that. Yeah, you left the price tag on. I did? Yeah. Why? Oh, shoot. Wow. Okay. Well, who cares? Doesn't matter what I spent. What matters is that uh, Christmas is
0: fun, right?
3: <laughs> Michael. Oh,
0: hey, for me,
3: what is in here? Oh, come on. I, I knitted it for you. An oven mitt? So Phyllis is basically saying, hey, Michael, I know you did a lot to help the office this year, but I only care about you a homemade oven mitt's worth.
1: Steve Carell, isn't that his name? Steve Carell Carell and Michael Scott is his name in the show. I can't believe I blanked at least on part of that. Um, This is, I I couldn't find the best, one of the best clips from Scrooged when the ghost of Christmas present kind of dressed up. She's like a fairy and she's she's beating him up and smacking him around uh, through the whole segment or the whole portion of the movie. And then he, uh, she goes to open up a present and it's a toaster and then she smashes him in the face with it. And then he flies into another dimension or something. He stands up and goes, oh, Bitch hit me with a toaster. And then she's gone. I just thought that part was good, but I couldn't find that one.
2: Why did you do
1: that?
3: Sometimes you have to slap them in the face just to get their attention.
2: Fine. Slap me in the face. But you kicked me in the wall. That's right. It's time uh, uh, to begin uh, the uh,
3: journey.
2: Close your eyes. You close your
3: eyes. Oh, no. I'm through. Don't good. be awesome. There's Mr. Hedgehog. I wonder where he's going. Perhaps to Harlem. Oh, oh,
2: oh. oh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> oh <laughs>
3: practice. <laughs> oh,
2: good. My jaw.
3: Oh, sometimes the truth is painful, Frank. Uh-huh. But it's made your cheeks all rosy and your eyes bright as stars.
2: If you touch me. Again, I'm going to rip your goddamn wings off. Okay. Ooh, you
3: know I like the rough
1: stuff, don't you think? Well, if you haven't seen Scrooge in a while, or haven't seen it at all, be sure and check it out this uh, this this se- Christmas season. I think you'll uh, I think you'll remember that it's pretty awesome. So I had to get some Seinfeld in here. Like when the kid goes and and calls him a, a, a communist when Kramer's playing a, a, a Santa in the mall.
3: I want a racing car set. Oh, oh. A racing car
2: set!
1: Listen, you don't want that. Those are assembled in Taiwan by
2: kids like you. And these Coleman pigs, they sell it for triple the
1: cost.
3: But I want a racing car set.
1: Oh, don't you see, kid? You're being bamboozled. These capitalist fat cats are inflating the profit margin and reducing your total number of toys. Hey, this guy's a cop!
3: Nice little boy like you learned such a bad word like that, huh? Commie! Oh. Commie! treat it to our country! Santa is not a commie. He just forgot how his good friend stuck his neck out for him to get him a good job like this.
2: Didn't he, Santa? What is
3: that
2: a problem here? Oh. Oh. This guy's a commie, he's oh. spreading propaganda! Oh,
3: yeah?
0: Well, that's enough, Pinko. You're through! The both of you. So
3: I got two
2: kitchen Oh, you can't fire me. I'm Santa. Not anymore. Get your skinny ass out of here.
1: And speaking of uh, gift giving, I've uh, I've gone back and forth and changed my tune on this over the years. When I was uh, younger, in early 20s, I thought, you know, gift cards, boom, 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 boom. Here's 20, $20 gift cards. Everybody see you later. And then I just realized how boring and stupid is that? And then for a while, I tried to get over the top creative with gift giving, which I still like to do sometimes because most people don't do that. Um, And so for a long time, I had this opinion that uh, I use it in a couple of segments of shows that Halloween and Christmas are the two times when you can really pick out all the dullards. The the, the lack of creativity is just oozing out of uh, all corners of the world on Halloween and Christmas. Just look at what people give people for gifts and look what people dress up as is Halloween and you can figure out quickly whether you have a creative, unique person on your hand or whether you have a bland, boring, you know, strip mall kind of person on your hands. I don't even care about any of that anymore. As you get to be a grown-ass adult, if you need something, go get it. You know, if you're a mom or a dad and you want to treat your children to something no matter how old they are, that's fine. But if you need a new damn computer, go buy yourself a new computer. Don't ask for it for Christmas as a grown-ass human being. If you need a new uh, whatever it is, iPad, iPod, iPad, iDud, iPud, whatever it is, go buy one. Okay? Don't don't rely on someone else to buy it for you. And don't buy and totally don't buy things just for the sake of doing it. But we'll stick with Seinfeld on gift giving.
4: Maybe you won't like it.
3: Oh, how could I not like it? Of course I'll like it. You could not like it. cash what do you, think? you got me cash
4: well that's right you can go out and get yourself whatever you want no good
3: are you my uncle hey
4: come on it's 182 dollars there I don't think that's anything to sneeze at <laughs> Elaine, I'm glad you're here. Stay stay right here. I'm I'm gonna be right back.
3: (laughs) Oh, what is this? You got me something?
4: Yeah, yeah, open. (gasps) This.
1: You remember when we were standing there and she mentioned it? I made a mental note of it. Well, good ain't for you. Oh.
2: So what'd you get her? 182 bucks.
3: Cash?
2: You've gotta be kidding. What kind of gift is that? That's like something her uncle would give her.
1: So what are you supposed to do for gift giving? I, I don't know. You're, there's so many people that are going to be judgmental about it. I guess you just handle it by a case-by-case case basis. Um, but, I mean, if you really find something that someone's going to truly, really genuinely be uh, appreciative of getting, that's cool. Like, that's really cool. Um, but if, if you're just getting something for the sake of, of, of gift swapping, I, I, I just have a hard time getting on board with that. But most people differ from that opinion. And so if we're going to do some, I'm almost wrapping this thing up here and we'll call it a day. If we're going to do Christmas clips on the Christmas extravaganza on the Stone on Air podcast, a weekly dose for December 20th, 2017, got to get the Simpsons in there. And 20 years of Christmas specials. I couldn't remember one specifically. I didn't have time to go through a whole lot of them. So I just grabbed one real quick.
3: Generalization desist! You are forbidden to perform that song without paying royalties to the copyright owner. Nobody owns Christmas carols. They belong to everyone, like grapes at the grocery store. Not true, but you are welcome to sing the many beloved public domain carols such as O Tannenbaum, Good King Wenceslas, Hey Zoo Joy of Man's Desiring. Oh, suck. They're worse than nothing! I could write way better songs. Go ahead, but don't use A-flat or G-natural. Those notes are owned by Disney. Oh... That's A-flat. Oh... That's better. That's it. I'm writing a Christmas carol. If I can make my own clothes, I can do anything.
0: <laughs> Christmas
3: in December, wow, wow, wow! Give me tons of presents, no, no, no! Hey, Homer, writing a new Christmas carol? Maybe. Well, the Bible says it's fun to do stuff together.
0: There's a stranger in the manger, and his name is Love.
3: Take it, Homer. Oh, I got it. You want me to stay out here and work on the chorus? Flanders, I am a patient, reasonable, handsome man, but even I have my limits. Now, beat it.
1: And so that just about puts the wraps on the show. One last clip, though, on the way out at the end of Scrooge, when Bill Murray has seen the ghost of Christmas past, present, and future, and it has changed his life. This is Bill Murray at the end of Scrooge on the Stone On Air podcast. Fire!
2: i'm telling you i'm not crazy it's christmas eve it's it's the one night of the year when we all act a little nicer we 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 smile a little easier we for a couple of hours out of the whole year we are the people that we always hoped we would be it's a miracle it's really a sort of a miracle because it happens every christmas eve and if you waste that miracle you're gonna burn for it i know what i'm talking about You have to do something, you have to take a chance. You do have to get involved. There are people that are having having trouble making their miracle happen. There are people that don't have enough to eat. There are people that are cold. You can go out and say hello to these people. You can take an old blanket out of the closet and say, here, you can make them a sandwich and say, oh, by the way, here, I get it now. Then you, then it can happen. Then the miracle can happen to you. It's not just the poor and the hungry. It's, it's everybody who's got to have this miracle. and it can happen tonight for all of you. If you believe in this spirit thing, you, you, the miracle will happen. And then you'll want it to happen again tomorrow. You won't be one of these bastards who says Christmas is once a year. and it's a fraud. It's not. It can happen every day. You've just got to want that feeling. And if you like it and you want it, you'll get greedy for it. You'll want it every day of your life. And it can happen to you i don't i believe in it now i believe it's gonna happen to me now i'm ready for it it's great it's a good feeling it's it's really better than i felt in a long time i i i'm ready have a merry christmas everybody
1: and i always do things very deliberately and i always have a method to my madness. And so I wrapped all that back up around to the end here to kind of, um, I don't know, drive home the point of people like Brian Joyce are just assholes for the sake of being assholes. And I might come across brash in nature and I might be an asshole occasionally too, but I I do try to respect people who deserve and and command respect. And I think that that's what we all lack is respecting other people. I might... Get very irritated by the 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 human race. I might get very irritated by traditional customs of overall societal and cultural norms. That kind of stuff might really, really, really get to me. And I might make wisecracks about it and I might make jokes and I might be very sarcastic about it. But at the end of the day, I am a humanitarian and I wish for everybody to have a fair shot. And criticizing people for no good reason, being cruel to people for no good reason is not a good look. It's not a good approach to life. And yeah, it is a little irritating that at Thanksgiving and Christmas, all of a sudden we become nice for a day and a half. You can be nice anytime you want to. You can be nice to people whenever you feel like it. You can reach out and help people. I don't really like doing free labor, but if you don't want to do that, I don't do it often, but every now, cut a check somewhere, v- bemo some money to somebody, donate to somebody's cause, he- help people occasionally, because I might not like you, but I want you to have a fair shot, and I don't and I don't like to see people struggling. I don't like to see living, breathing mammals in any in any setting struggling. It is uh, it can be heartbreaking. So be nice to people. Take t- I'll take some of my own advice and try to be nicer to people. And, 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 yeah, if you want to get in arguments online, that's fine. But being a grown-ass man using acronyms like, like, like little boys and girls do and emojis and kissy faces and, and all this stupid stuff that old Joyce is doing, it just shows how shallow and how small people can be and how really tortured at the end of the day the guy is. And I kind of do feel sorry for him, too. But I don't care enough to do much more thought about it than that. I wish you guys a happy holidays. I would tell you Merry Christmas, but for all I know, you're an atheist. For all I know, you're Jewish. For all I know, you're Muslim. Telling somebody Merry Christmas, who is one of those three things I just mentioned, is absurd. It's like telling somebody happy birthday when it's not their happy birthday. Happy holidays is not a war on Christmas. It's a very pleasant, thoughtful, and considerate way to wish somebody a salutation. And I'm going to get out of here. Put a little love in your heart. And uh, I'll have the best of show for you next week. I'll be on uh, Alt 98 7 as normal, Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 if you're in Chattanooga or if you're outside of the area, alt98.com. And uh, that's it, guys. Enjoy your holiday. Enjoy the rest of the year. Happy New Year as well. And uh, that's it. That's all I got. Hashtag white lies matter. Hashtag black lies matter. Hashtag all lives matter. The truth is easy to remember, and I ask you to continue to watch this space, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart. We'll do it again in 2018 from a live-to-tape perspective. Best of next week. See you.